How does this work? R Ryan, is, is this thing on? Oh, oh we're, we're recorded? Ryan! Welcome to Quarantining with the Chris's, the podcast. The Chris's are proud to present today's sponsor, Leafy Organics. Leafy Organics prana made with organic turmeric and ginger. Decreases inflammation, improves brain function, benefits heart health, and improves joint condition. Yes, uh, go to leafyorganics.com or on the gram at leafyorganics. That's L-E-E-F-Y. Get 15% off your first purchase uh, with our code. Chris, what's the code? Discount code QWTC. Also, a very special thank you to all the Chris's team members who have donated at patreon.com slash QWT. Chris's, Ryan, start the show. How was your time with Ryan? You know what, uh, Ryan was talking a lot about wanting to be a marine biologist when he grew up. Interesting. Yeah, That's got... actually what I wanted to be when I grew up. Wait, you guys, similar paths? I, I guess so. Really? W- <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, you can't even swim. How do you be a marine biologist? <laughs> Right, is that the number one requirement? I think you can get flippers. You can, you can get them. Could, could, could you, flipper, could you yeah. become a marine biologist if you can't swim? <laughs> I don't know, that's a good that, question. Does anyone know that? I don't know if that's a qualification. Maybe we can ask her. It has to be. It has yeah. to be a qualification. Maybe. Ryan, can we we're gonna get some on on a little bit that that can help us with that? No, maybe not marine. Uh, who knows? Um, oh, oh, we're live? oh, we're live. Oh, hey, mom. Oh, I'm oh. I'm sorry. Ryan, the the, the thing and the thing. Oh. Yeah. Hurry up. Come, come. <laughs> Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds like Christmas? Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds Trick candle, Ryan. Hey, we're live. Welcome to quarantine. With the Chris's. I'm your host, Chris. I'm your host, Chris. And we have a very, 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 very times 59 special edition for you folks today. Wow. It is uh, nighttime here in the quarantine. Nighttime. Quarters. This is our first nighttime episode, Chris. After dark. After dark. Nighttime is the right time. Thank you for joining us today in quarantine land. Uh, we're talking about a lot of, th- lot of things, but... Uh, Special PSA would probably work best. Yes, uh, please be responsible, wear a mask, and practice uh, social distancing, Chris. I think what he's trying to say is please wear a mask and please stay inside if you can. Uh, if you can't, six feet away is about uh, just go where you can't see people. Then that would probably work out better. That worked out. That was, I, that's where I was. It's- it worked out quite well, Chris. Right, so you were so you go to a place where there's no other people, yes. thus your social distancing exactly. by proxy. Exactly. Yes. Makes total sense. Just go in the wild, Chris. In the wild, right? Yes, go to the wild. Uh, thank you again for joining Quarantine with the Chris's. Uh, we do uh, have t-shirts uh, that are tie-dye. Uh, Ryan, unfortunately, forgot to bring them out. Um, but go in our bio. Uh, if you like things that are tie-dye and you like logos of our faces... Uh, it's the perfect holiday gift, whether it's for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, uh, or my birthday, which is coming up. Only a few shopping days left. Oh, wow. Um, speaking of birthdays, Chris, it was just my birthday last week. Oh! This this was... Uh, got this little thing from you. Uh, Happy birthday! Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. 
Well, I just want to shout out this. This is our sponsor today. It's called the Comfy. The Comfy. The Comfy. It's like the most comfortable thing. It can like. I just took the most wonderful nap in it today. It's just like a, a blanket for your one's body. It's the blanket you can wear. Uh, it's also <laughs> that so large that it knocks over everything in your path. Yeah, it's, it's, it should come with like a wide load sign on it. Uh, we hear it's comfortable. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Comfy. Thank you Thank for you. sponsoring his birthday, uh, which was on Friday, which is why we were off. And we were all week, off all week for your little birthday trip. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, I had a fun little trip, Chris. Well, uh, thank you for returning. Yes, uh, we appreciate we made it. it back yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, our community cause this week is Wild Landscapes International. Yes, Wild Landscapes International partners with diverse stakeholders and communities to conserve large natural landscapes for both wildlife and people, Chris. Uh, Wild Landscapes International works under the radar to put high priority conservation actions in front of decision makers across the globe. Uh, go to wildlandscapes.org on the World Wide Web if you're watching us now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, uh, or maybe even MySpace if that still exists, hopefully in your mm. top eight. Uh, or you can go to Instagram at wildlandscapes underscore international. Uh, thank you again to the Comfy, uh, which I think emanates heat too. It sure does. Radiates. It is hot. Actually, it is hot in here, Chris. Yeah. And it's a fireside chat. We're bugging out today, Chris. We are. Uh, Ryan, we got a guest coming on uh, who knows a little bit more than we do about everything. Yeah, mm. yeah. Let's uh, let's hurry this up, Ryan. Good, good. Thank you for having me. Good to see you, uh, Amanda Hips at Biophily Amanda uh, on the Instagram. Uh, for all of those uh, watching who don't know that song, uh, we didn't play the Circle of Life version. We played the Nats Igam Mewemwa. And if anyone can actually spell that without cheating, we'll send you, we'll send you a prize. We'll, we'll give you a t-shirt. Whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, Amanda, we had just learned uh, in the beginning of the show that our intern Ryan and uh, Christopher Joseph here both wanted to be marine biologists. Yes. Um, you're a biologist on land, though, is that right? That's correct, yes. <laughs> Not marine. Uh, we, we, Not were, marine. we were uh, talking about it uh, before it aired, was that is a requirement to be a marine biologist you have to be able to swim? I feel like that would be important. I think you're going to be probably on the water a lot. Yeah, I think it's a good idea <laughs> to take out a couple of Yeah, yeah, that would probably fit within know. the description. <laughs> Interesting. And if you're going to be a conservationist, what do you need to be able to conserve? It, I mean, there's like, I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by that. <laughs> there's so many different like fields in wildlife conservation. So, um, you can conserve marine life, you can conserve anything on land, people specialize in different things, you can conserve water, you can conserve landscapes, and yeah, so it the list goes on. Quite a list there. That's a long list, yeah. longer yeah. than this one. Um, what, uh, what have you been working on recently? So right now I work uh, as you mentioned, with wild landscapes. And so we're basically just working to connect like large landscapes and like connect 
protected landscape. So we're, we're trying to create like uh, wildlife corridors and just make land permeable for wildlife so that they can kind of travel from one location to the other. So I don't get to like specifically work now with wildlife previously, like in grad school when I was studying, I was working with gopher tortoises and now it's a little bit more hands off but um, it feels a little bit more, to me, it feels impactful, I think. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm working with land, but I feel like I'm having like an impact on just a wider range of animals, so. Hmm. Speaking of a range of animals, um, we recently heard you're in Yellowstone and working on an elk project. Do you think you can create a, a conservative <laughs> a landscape for us to get to Yellowstone from here in LA? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we can make that work. <laughs> Only if you wear that. That'd be wonderful. Book or do the Chris's live with Amanda Hibbs at Biophilly Amanda on Instagram. Uh, she's live in Florida. We're live in Los Angeles. Uh, happy uh, belated National Bison Day, actually, Amanda. We, we unfortunately really? missed that this weekend. I did yeah. too. I had no idea. What? You know what? Well, really? next time Ryan will have to tell all of us in oh. advance. Dang it. Yeah. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you had uh, made a trip, as uh, Chris just mentioned, to Yellowstone. Uh, what did you see or what did you work on there? What did I see? Is that what you said? Combination yeah. a little, everything, yeah. Sorry. I'm like kind of in rural Florida, so sometimes my internet, like if it's drizzling out, it kind of cuts out. But um, ah, the sunshine so. state, but it's drizzling today. Yeah. Drizzle state. The drizzle state. Sometimes drizzle state. Mostly sunshine. <laughs> Mostly sunshine. Um, yeah. So in Yellowstone. Oh my God, that was my first time going to Yellowstone. Have you been? I haven't. Been I actually there? went uh, over yeah. Labor Day. I don't know months anymore. You could tell me it's. I know everything February like and I'd it. say sure recently yeah sometime during the like before after COVID is basically like what I used to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah I we uh, went um, to Yellowstone and we're kind of just looking at migrations and thinking about you know how elk you know will migrate and landscapes outside of Yellowstone that they might need to be using um, for the future. So this isn't really a project that we're currently working on, but it's something that we're kind of potentially trying to think about. And it was something that bio a biologist there studying elk migrations kind of tried to get us on board with, or is, you know, just seeing how we can work together on something like that. So yeah, mostly it was just to look around, like look, look at the landscapes around Yellowstone and just outside of it. But um, more than anything, it was fun. <laughs> more than anything, we were just like driving around Yellowstone and like looking at wildlife and um, it was amazing. We saw a couple of wolves and um, there's one like stand on with like a wolf and uh, an elk. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, Yellowstone really? was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. I mean, it was, it was like an event that like went on all day, but like we kind of drove by and the wolves were so far away. So we didn't really get to see like very much of them, but um, people with scopes and stuff were there like the entire day, just like watching this elk like stock and or watching a, a wolf stock an elk. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh. Taking a quick break here to pay the bills. Uh, Ryan, can you cue up a little ditty here? Do ba ba dee ba boo, cha da boo ba dee da. Here is your sponsor of the day. 
All right, we're at home with Claire, who is warming up for a bit of boxer size. Yep, she's welcomed in the new year with a fancy new workout setup. Look at that branded punch bag with matching gloves. And that gorgeous coordinated athleisure. So coordinated. She is working out and working it. Well, with prices this good on designer workout gear, how couldn't she? Whoa! She's back on the sofa. With her feet in an excellently priced foot spa. Iconic. Get those toes to Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshalls. I believe uh, here in the notes, they, Wolves only got reintroduced to Yellowstone semi-recently. Is that right? Uh, I think they, yeah. I, I don't think it's been like super recently, but yeah, it's, it was, I think. Should I Google this? I feel like I should know this like well. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> well, I'm on it. Yeah, Google. Uh, the biologist Amanda Hicks. Uh, uh, Amanda, someone just said, uh, someone in Florida also said, I saw a deer with a smiley face. Um, a Frontier Jane said good day from the Outback in Australia, and then K Max said Saturday Biden Harris Trump Day. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Semi recently, 1988, oh, was, yeah. I guess only a few short years ago. Okay, yeah, so 95, early 90s. Yeah. There you wow. go. Yeah. We can just ask Amanda yeah. anything, I yeah. guess. Well, the sure. the Did you hear the news about Colorado? No. What? What's what happened? To you? I was just got. Was just there. I was just in Colorado. What? What's the news? <laughs> so um, it was like a really tight vote, but uh, everybody in Colorado voted to have um, wolves reintroduced into Colorado, and they've been oh. extirpated for like eighty years. So crazy. I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Really exciting. Hey, wolves! Big wolves fans. <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I lived in Colorado for four years, and so it's kind of, I'm just like, dang, I wish they would have been, like, would have done this when I was there. But I'm excited to maybe visit, and who knows? Like, maybe they'll be in Colorado maybe when I go. Can, I don't know. Maybe they can hire you to help with the landscapes out there. For yeah. the I wish. Oh, my gosh. Please, whoever's listening, please hire me. <laughs> What is that, what does the integration look, process look like for integrating wolves back into Colorado? Good question. So not something I've ever been involved in, um, but I, I do wish I was. I don't know how the process works. I assume that they're breeding at a facility and then they're taking, you know, probably a pack of, I don't know how many, but a small pack that are already together and probably already like a family unit that they're going to put, you know, together out in Colorado. Um, but I don't know. I don't really know how the whole process works. So. They don't just like, it's like, like, uh, just a plane comes in, flies low and just drops a bunch of wolves off. And <laughs> drops them out. Have at them. <laughs> I don't know. I actually have no idea how they get them out there. I, I don't think it would be a plane, but I'm not sure. Who knows? Hmm, maybe um, the stork drops them off. I know, it's I, the like stork. <laughs> I don't know. It's a really good question. I think we should, I should like look into like how they did it in the past in other areas, but. Um, I don't know. Regardless, I'm you know, excited well, for Colorado. If we, <laughs> if we had the audiovisual capabilities, we would we would cut to a Yellowstone wolf, ask them a question about <laughs> being reintroduced. Right. Come back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Next next season. Now we know for next the future season, yes. for the next interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone said yes. we all need to listen to the uh, Lupinology Ologies episode again. Uh, uh, oh. I forgot the dates too. The Ologies episode? Oh, yeah. Lupinology. 
Hmm. Um, yeah. So, are you guys familiar with Ology's podcast with Ali Ward? Not familiar at all. Not familiar. Can you please tell us a little more? Uh, yeah. So she's she's a great podcaster and host, and she um, is she interviews different ologists, and so. She had interviewed me for um, a tourist episode for Tested Enology and um, and she just, yeah, there's, it's just hilarious. And there's like just a wide range of different, um, different ologists that she interviews. So it's really interesting. It's fun. So I like that's it. where that came mm. from. <laughs> yeah. She interviews all the ologists. All the ologists. All the ologists. All yes. the ologists. <laughs> Great. Oh, someone just said it's a crime that we haven't oh, seen. No, oh, it my is. God. We got oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely, definitely get on it. She's great. Uh, the, the, the most wonderful, uh, I wouldn't know if it's a biology fact, but a fact about animals that I learned this weekend uh, were that owls, like, I don't know if it's baby or just like children, owls, child owls. Child owls, child owls, child owls. Child owls. Um, sleep child face owls. down because their heads are too heavy. Really? I I don't know if that's true. So I did see like a photo where there was an owl face down. I don't know. That's really I have no like I honestly have no idea. And now I just need to know all these random facts that you're throwing out at me. See, that's a, that's a, that's, <laughs> that's why they pay us the big bucks, Amanda, to uh, to find out all these hard hitting <laughs> question uh, ologists. Uh, <laughs> You know. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, you're right. This article did come out, and I I feel like terrible that I didn't. I should have read it, um, but I didn't. I do remember seeing the headline, and I have no idea. That is something I really did not know about. That I was sleep face down. Is that really true? Well, I'm not sure that's true. I need to do a fact check before you know I like. I'm on board. <laughs> as, as a biologist in training, I have my pin somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did you become a biologist? What were your inspirations as a kid? Did you always want to be it when you grew up? So actually, I I wanted to be a vet. I was like planning on going to vet school, um, and I kind of just like geared my entire life for that. Like I started volunteering for a vet when I was ten, and then I took the job with her when I turned sixteen, and I was there until I was like twenty one, and then I like literally just took all of these courses to get into vet school. I even went as far as applying to vet school and like got in and got accepted and then like decided I didn't want to go. Um, and that was, I decided I didn't want to go because I learned about biologists <laughs> and um, yeah. So like towards the end of my like undergraduate vet, pre-vet career, I started working with a biologist in the field and um, sorry, my cat's going to start. She does this every time I get on. <laughs> um, Oh. So, <laughs> what's your cat's name? Uh, Luna. Luna. She's Luna. Like, she's like one of those oh, pets okay. that like you just kind of ended up with that you didn't want, and then it just you know like she's she's great, but she's not the best, and now she's gonna want to come in and out. Hey. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, I started working with. <laughs> I might have to get up in a second and let her out, but um, I started working with a biologist who studied reptiles he was studying tortoises at the time and so I um, just started going out in the field with him and that's when I first started working with gopher tortoises and then I was like I love this and as a vet I'm going to be mostly working inside and it's not you know you can do conservation as a vet but it's like more like individual rather than um, like really like thinking about a species as a whole and like conserving a species 
And so I wanted to be like more a part of like, you know, helping a species and like preventing extinction. And so that's how I ended up just like completely changing my career path, which was like a total bummer for my family because I was like right there and they were super excited. And then I had to be like, sorry, I got accepted to vet school, but I don't want to go. And so <laughs> then kind of started over. So then I ended up getting my master's from there. I ended up um, getting into vet school. I actually took, or, sorry, into my master's into grad school. Um, that took me a couple of years to get accepted. And, um, and then, yeah, so I did my master's and I did that in about four, three years. And um, yeah, and then I got this job, so. Right, was it your first job working with uh, gopher tortoises? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so basically in grad school, I worked, I did an undergraduate thesis. And so I worked with gopher tortoises there for a couple of years, for two years. And then I ended up working like sort of in the vet field in between. That's when I moved to Colorado. And um, I worked for an exotic animal vet. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't want to just like work with cats and dogs. I want to work with reptiles that are zoo animals. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> We're live with Amanda Hips and uh, her cat, Luna. Uh, Luna, okay. Luna, do you have anything to say? Oh, no, Luna left. Wow. <laughs> Luna left. Just, uh, hey, wait, Amanda. She has is, a lot to say. Is that Luna right here? What? Is that oh, Luna right here? Luna. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Look at that trickery. <laughs> I see her. This is a big background, right? It looks like way too pleasant and perfect. I, yeah, I, I wish it was you, real. We're in Los that? Angeles where none of this really occurs right now. Um, but I do wish it was real. It's it's an eight hour loop. We can send it to anyone. Uh, just DM us. Uh, or just search YouTube. <laughs> yeah, or just search YouTube. But eight hours. That's a... <laughs> I love it. So, I like it. So is Luna the only pet you have? Or do you, um, do you have any other animals that uh, you are a mother to? Yes, I am mother to a tortoise. He's, um, his name is Banshee. I've had him since I was 10, I think around 10-ish. And um, yeah, so he's into his like late 20s and early 30, 30s maybe. I don't really know how old he is, but I don't know how old he is when I got him. Um, but yeah, he's about 125 pounds and um, wow. yeah, he's got an acre now. We I. I don't recommend it. So like basically this is a tortoise that um, has like overwhelmed U.S. rescues and um, it's, you know, people like adopt them. They're cute and small and like in pet stores will often say like, hey, you can just keep it in a in a small cage and they're not going to grow any larger. And that's what the pet store owner told my parents. And so we were like, OK, great, let's just take it home. And, and then we find out like that's actually really inhumane. And so, yeah, he's um, grown massively over you know the last uh decade or so and so um i was really close to trying to like rehome him i really didn't think that i was gonna like have you know be able to afford a home and like have space for him and um and he was just getting too big for his enclosure uh, at my parents house and so i kind of just felt like you know i wanted better for him but i was also just really torn because this is what happens really commonly it's really common for people to adopt a silkata and then realize that they don't have space for it or they're really destructive and it's really difficult to take care of so um yeah so 
luckily, you know, we ended up getting, um, finding some property and he's got an acre of land just to himself that's fenced in. And so his like behavior has completely changed. It's just amazing. Like seeing just his change in behavior, like previously at my parents' house, it was a much smaller enclosure and he would be like very territorial. So like, if you come into his enclosure, it's like, it was kind of hard to tell if he was like excited to see you or what, but he, it was just weird because he would just try to like headbutt you, you know, he would like try to push you out of the way. Um, and he doesn't do that now. Like he'll come over to us and he's still excited to see us, but he's not like pushing us. So he just kind of huh. hangs out and wants some head scratches and, you know. Interesting. That, I think that's <laughs> so, what we all need these days. I mean, all yeah, you know, right? underscore <laughs> A underscore L underscore T underscore, apparently nothing else is available, uh, said, and outlive everyone you know and love. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, uh, said said that Banshee, the tortoise, will, oh, yes. will outlive everyone oh. you know and love. Exactly. So, like, even if you have a space for them, like, I'm, he's gonna outlive me. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not having kids. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, like, he's gonna <laughs> maybe my nieces will take him. I don't know. But maybe, it is but... it is definitely. And now, brought to you by Undisclosed Sponsor. Well, the, uh, Amanda, uh, at bio Philly, Amanda on Instagram, uh, the hottest romance, according to people magazine, Ooh, yes. uh, during the quarantine <laughs> is actually Banshee and a, uh, his girlfriend. his girlfriend. Could you talk about your tortoise's girlfriend? <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so basically we got Banshee some bowling balls to play with. And they used to be like, you know, a toy that he'd push around and kind of get excited to see and he would just be like, you know, chasing it. He'd like basically bump into it with a shell and try and push it as far as he could. And then he would just like chase after it and like keep doing it again. So it was just a really fun toy. It was so cute to watch him play. Um, and so I have videos of that too. And then it sort of turned into like he became sexually mature and um, <laughs> he has been using it now as more of like a sex toy than like a bowling ball. <laughs> so mm, he will mount it now and hmm. yeah, it's pretty gross. Like it's really awkward to watch him do it, but he does mount it and um, yeah, he, you know, but what can I do? If he likes it, I'm not gonna take it away from him. Right, <laughs> I, 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 I let, your, <laughs> let your freak flag fly, Banshee the tortoise. That's what uh, That's we right. say here in yeah, the quarantine quarters. <laughs> Um, so when the quarantine is uh, over uh, and he goes to the bowling alley, what like what is he what does he bowl when he goes to the bowling alley? <laughs> what does he bowl? Yeah, what's his score? Um, he's he's scoring a lot. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he yeah he's scored a lot for sure. <laughs> a, a, uh, oh wow, Amanda, a a high flyer and former guest of the program, Sarah said my family had a tortoise named Sonny growing up. Uh, she ran away from home, no joke. I guess Sonny didn't come home. Like <laughs> oh, guess Maybe the yeah. tortoise was faster than the hare. Could be. Who knows? <laughs> they do escape all the time. You'll hear about it in the news. I worked with gopher tortoises and like they would show up in my field site. So sometimes like I think people were actually letting them go. Um, because they just couldn't take care of them anymore. And so they were kind of just like, put them into the wild and they'll survive and they don't survive. But, um, but yeah, sometimes they do get out. I mean, Banshee's gotten out before too. 
like he's escaped and even like with our new move um he ended up like he actually it was good because he came closer to the house um he escaped from like i thought he was completely secure and i feel like they always figure something out um and he did he they're, i don't know they're so. smarter than they look hmm. they are yeah so yeah dumb uh, as a brick but also really smart at the same time so, so that's funny dumb as a brick but also i really can't like it's time. like when you want them <laughs> when you want them to like get something and you're just like why can't you learn this and then and then of course they like learn how to escape so yeah, yeah. basically just like our show <laughs> <laughs> no difference um speaking of giving people something to talk about you're giving your neighbors um something to talk about um, by putting roofing and tin on on your grass what are you what are you doing with that yeah so we basically like our whole yard right now like randomly has like these like large turps like thrown out in our yard on the grass and like pieces of like metal roofing that were still here when we moved in and so we're just grass smothering so we're trying to kill the grass that so we can throw down native wildflower seeds but um, we can see like people just like driving by and like they'll just like slow down and like be like looking and i've had like people like stop and like literally just be like what is going on like they'll sit there and stare at it like what are they doing <laughs> yeah so it can be a little bit embarrassing but um it's really funny like definitely when neighbors are talking about us for sure <laughs> so so if you so if you're in the gainesville florida area and uh, or the pan or mm -hmm. anywhere in that area and you see that you're, you're trying to kill grass i'm like the rest of America, which is trying to grow beautiful lush lawns. Exactly. And there's definitely no dead bodies underneath what you're doing. It's not a big uh, I, mean, cover I mean, at least not from us, maybe from the previous owners. Previous owners. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the front Jane said uh, a reptile habitat. Ooh, that's wonderful. Wait, um, oh, yeah. So like those um, metal roofing things, like anything you lie down on the grass, like snakes love to like you know, crawl under that. And so people are like, oh, like when I posted it, a lot of people are like, oh, what kind of snakes would you find under it? And so that's, you know, what people do is like throw down like ground cover type stuff. And then like, so I don't know if you've heard of this, but like, um, there's this whole thing called herping. <laughs> so herpetology is a study of reptiles and amphibians. And so people who are really interested in reptiles and amphibians will go herping. And so one way of doing that is by like laying down ground cover and then waiting a couple months weeks or months and like looking to see what snakes have you know found it and like are hiding out under there claimed it as their home so yeah <laughs> right on that's cool we got a question here chris yeah uh, from a tour toga i think that means tortoise i think it's tortoise in tortoise. espanol yes uh what's the most surprising species you found on your property i feel like you're finding something incredible every day yeah um i feel really lucky so we're surrounded we are on eight and a half acres and it's like a lot of a mixture of like kind of farmland and woods and so um, it's been really great for a lot of different wildlife and I've never, I've always grown up in like just urban, I've always, like I've never really like lived out in like this rural kind of setting and so I've um, never really had wildlife in my yard. It's always been, you know, you have bugs and cool stuff sometimes and the occasional frog but, or lizard, but other than that, like I, you know, didn't ever see much. So this has been like a super treat to me. 
Um, and the, I think the coolest thing was something that we saw yesterday was the diamondback rattlesnake. Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we have those around. Yeah. Um, what else have we seen? We've seen cotton mouths. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've got, I feel like, I mean, also rat snakes are around all the time. So I feel like that's almost become like just such a normal thing to see. It's just like rat snakes, which I never used to see them ever. Even when I was working out in the field with tortoises, like I rarely, rarely saw them. So it's pretty cool. So if you come up lucky. upon a snake, uh, like I had uh, just a few weeks ago on a hike, Mm. Uh, and you're hiking with someone mm. uh, who may be watching right now. Uh, is it uh, customary to jump on someone's back so that they can run <laughs> past the snake so it doesn't hurt them? Is that is that a, a normal reaction? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, um, I guess, so <laughs> what is a normal reaction? What do you do when you cross a snake? Okay, so I mean, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Like, I, I completely understand, like, having a fear of snakes. Um, but I also like, it's also just not validated. Like, there's really no good reason to be afraid of them. So give them space, like, especially, you know, if, we, if you know, it's venomous. Either way, it's a wild animal, it's always a good idea to like, give a wild animal space. And so walk around it, you know, like, they're not going to come after you, they're not going to chase you. If you don't tease it, if you're not poking at it, if you're not trying to kill it, um, then you're going to be fine. <laughs> There's nothing to be worried about. It makes sense. Uh, and Amanda, Amanda at Biophilia, Amanda on Instagram. Um, so as a biologist, would you say that people are more dangerous than animals? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. definitely. You're first. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt. I mean, I think people make stupid decisions too when it comes to wildlife and that's kind of like what gets a lot of people hurt. And so, you know, I think if you're just making wise decisions and you're, yeah, there's really very, very limited chance of like getting hurt. And the other thing too that we have to think about is like, we have these like fears, like I'm terrified of cockroaches and a cockroach is like, never hurt me. Why am I afraid of them? Um, I, when I first moved into this house, we have um, these huntsman spiders and they're like massive, like Ooh. huge. And I remember like first moving in and like putting my clothes in the closet and there was a huge huntsman spider that just like popped out as I was like hanging up clothes. And I was terrified. Like I am a bug person, but that still like just really creeped me out. And then like going to the bathroom, there was one like inside of the toilet paper roll and like I no, like, pulled out no. the toilet paper and just like, I know it was so crazy. No. But, but like they don't hurt people. And so I just had to like get familiar and I started like learning about them and like reading about them. And I was like, okay, well they eat cockroaches and I hate cockroaches. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's good. They can like kind of hang out, I think, because they're going to get rid of our roaches. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think eventually, like, I just got used to them. And now it's like I see them and I like I saw one that was like dying the other day. And it, just, it was so sad. And I just like, it's like crazy how you like switch. Like I was terrified to like, now I just feel like concerned about them. <laughs> I'm like, what can I do for this spider? <laughs> you know what? So, I feel inspired. I I, 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 the daddy long legs here are not so scary anymore. No, like, yeah, I, I feel like it's just like, once you like start reading about them and like learning about them and like, 
so I'm gonna do anything like now I just like vacuum around them they're like huge and they're just like a part of our house now like like, like part of the, like a part of the furniture it's like oh yeah there's there's yeah exactly. there's Charlotte <laughs> exactly like I have names so I had one that was like above my office door for the longest time and she would like go into I think the air conditioning vent was like where she would kind of like disappear and then she would come back down and just like sit above my doors so, like every time I had to walk in and out I was like, cool, like the spider could like fall on my head like any second. She never did. But it was, it actually just became like more of like a comforting thing now. Like she's here with me while I'm working. I don't know. <laughs> just new weird. Pet, a new but, friend. You should, you yeah, should probably exactly. charge the spider rent. I, I probably think that she would be charging us rent because I think she was probably here first, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. You should talk to her about um, getting that bathroom fixed. Then, if you're living in her house, that's so true. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. She could probably help us out with that. Yeah, we got to work on that shower. <laughs> Ryan, I think we got to pay the bills. Can we get a quick commercial break here. A, a <laughs> wonderful comment here by uh, Tir Tirtoga. Uh, knowledge is the best way to combat fear, uh, which is why science communication is so important. Wow. That's true. Yeah. How, how do I see these? Okay, here we go. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. But, yeah, we should put that, we should, Ryan, put that on a shirt. Cross stitch that, put that on a shirt. Oh, wow, we're riding pillows. We're riding pillows, shirts and pillows. No, Ryan, no, 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 put that down. You're not allowed to eat. Um, well, Amanda, uh, you had uh, been dealing with uh, not only uh animals in uh florida but also in uh that other continent to the to the other side to the east you go? Or west? i think east? it doesn't matter wherever you go in africa africa oh. yes uh did i oh so i was in um are you do you are talking about madagascar yeah the the animated yeah, movie or so the actual or lion <laughs> thing the actual the actual country Oh, wow. uh, yeah, the island. Yeah, I was in Madagascar. Is that what you meant? Yeah. You're lying. Is that because I didn't? Did you know that? <laughs> Ryan has Africa on the teleprompter here, and that's that's what I ran with. <laughs> I was gonna go with Toto. I thought the rain's down in Africa. Uh, shout to Dan Curlman <laughs> for saying spiders in the house just mean you're less likely to get flies. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, so I. I was in Madagascar, but I did not study tortoises there, but I did study snakes in Madagascar. Right on. And can you talk yeah. about uh, the wildlife uh, landscape international work over uh, in Kenya and working with the, the rhino, the rhinos yeah. out there? Yes, yeah. So one of the projects that we um, are working on, we're partnering with a organization called Old Pegida Conservancy. And so, it's it's such a cool organization. If you don't know about them, you should definitely look at them up. They're on Instagram too at Old Pegida, and um, yeah, so they are working with. Um, so there's two northern white rhinos left on the planet, and both of them are at Old Pegida. So right now they're working on trying to breed them, and they're both female. So it's a little bit complicated, but basically they were able to take. Um, and preserve the semen from like the males that have since passed and um, trying to like impregnate the females. And so it's been a long complicated process. And so hmm. kind of like the last hope for that species. 
but that's one thing that Old Hudget is working on. And um, they're also working on building like a rhino corridor for the black rhinos there. And so they're trying to like work with um, different private landowners in the region and um, other ranchers. A lot of them are ranching cattle. And so basically just trying to figure out how we can like coexist with them. So cattle ranching is not going to go away. These people, you know, it's important food source for them. And so um, we're basically just like trying to give them like capacity, like give them um, just like fundraising and um, any like expertise that we can share with them um, and kind of connecting them with like different uh, cattle ranchers and things like that. So um, we have people working for us that are just experts in, in number one fundraising and like, like getting private and public funding. And, um, and then also just sort of connecting, um, connecting people together. So like a lot of what we do is just like building trust and like trying to get everybody mm -hmm. on the same page and have everyone work together. So it's not always easy, you know, like cattle ranchers get concerned like that their you know, that their business could be impacted by rhinos. And so basically we're just like trying to like work with everybody and like build this like rhino corridor and like have everybody kind of on board with with having rhinos on their land and um so yeah it's it's like been a really interesting project and it's been a lot of fun so has there been any I'm, changes I'm definitely in uh, that's awesome ahead, have there been any changes uh due to COVID-19, uh, there are more poachers, yeah. is there are wildlife uh, getting the type of, I guess, protection that they need? Yeah, so what's going on right now throughout all of Africa is that there's less tourism and a lot of these conservancies are fully dependent on tourism revenue. And so they're not getting any of that revenue. And so like Old Pagida has, you know, you know they're, they're gonna be losing millions. And so that's a lot of what we've done is like trying to like fundraise and um, basically help them like stay afloat. And so what the issue is, you know, with um, these conservancies in Africa and like the conservancies that are trying to keep um, rhino, like basically like doing the rhino quarters and like having rhinos on their property or on their lands, um, they have um, they have rangers who are working, and so they are um basically what happens is without this revenue like basically they're gonna have to let go of some of these rangers and so that means that one rhinos are you know have limit have, are having limited protection and without the tourists too like traveling to these places uh poachers are kind of able to like come in and and just the rhinos have like less protection without tourists there in general and so the other thing too is that a lot of these um, communities, they're impacted also by COVID. And so they're just trying to support themselves. And in some ways, like they just end up turning to poaching um, just so that they can support their families. Sorry, I have like bugs in my face. Um, so, Need more spiders. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're basically just turning into like it, it, they're just trying to support themselves. So like, like sometimes it's really not, it's really just a matter of like 
social justice and like supporting these communities and like making sure that they can like support their families. And so that's basically what we're trying to do is like keep these communities afloat so that they don't have to turn to poaching. Um, and like also keep this organization afloat so that they can continue supporting their communities as well. So that's basically what we've been fundraising for. And it's worked. Um, they've only had one, Old Pajada has only had one um, poaching incident since COVID started, which is pretty significant compared to a lot of like in, in South Africa, it's been a, bit, a little bit harder um, in some of those communities. And so, so yeah, what we're doing is working so far and it would be really, you know, it would be like, it's hard to see like these other communities just taking a hit. Like I just kind of wish that we could just have the capacity to like work in all of Africa and, you know, help, but. Yeah, it, I but guess how been, do you select? It's been good to like see it like actually working and, Right on. Sorry, um, go ahead. Because how like it's okay. It's no, it's ra it's raining, so it, it takes a little bit of time to get through those droplets. Yeah. It's um, yeah. How do you select which organizations you do work with? So a lot of the times, it's actually just people reaching out to us. And so, um, as far as like how we how we got up with Old Pajada was my um, my boss already knew he already had those connections with the organization when he started when he started wild landscapes and so he already knew um he already knew the director at Pajada, and so he basically they were just like hey how can you help us with fundraising and that's how that started so yeah so that's basically like we just he basically got on board for this rhino corridor that we're working on and um Everything else, you know, we also kind of jump in if they need us for, for example, the northern white rhino um, insemination and things like that, then we'll help. But yeah, it's mostly pe people reaching out to us and, you know, we just try to help them. So basically, we're partnering with people that need our help. And, you know, yeah. So sometimes we go out there and find it. We're like, hey, if you do need anything, we're here. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's just like us trying to help others with, with their conservation goals, like other communities, like we're studying another one in Alaska right now. Um, there's this indigenous community. Um, this one hasn't really taken off yet. It's like the like very beginnings of it, but um, we're basically just, they wanna work on a wildlife corridor. And so, yeah, so we're gonna try to help them fundraise for that and um, basically also get like other communities on board and try to like get everybody together and yeah everybody just it's it's a lot of like it's a it's a long process and most of that process is like trust building and trying to get everybody on the same page it's it's like pretty complicated but yeah that must be difficult especially going into a community and you're if, with indigenous people you're just like um their turf right yeah oh yeah i mean they're the, they're the ones reaching out to us so they're um generally it's not that hard like you know we're working with them and so we want to help them but if they need to work with, for example, ranchers, um, that's not an issue really in Alaska, but if for other private landowners um, and trying to get them on board, people, you know, it's, it can be complicated when there's just two very different groups that are involved. So, yeah, but, but so far, I mean, it hasn't been an issue, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but it's, we've always, we've always made it work, so. It's been really, it's been actually really fun. It's like a interesting and fun challenge to like 
get everybody on board and on the same page. And so, hmm. yeah, I like um, it. That's like my favorite part of the job, which I never thought I would be doing, but hmm. I, I really enjoy like working with these communities and like just different types of people and like kind of just learning like what motivates people, you know, like everybody has sort of like this like different motivation for conservation and um, yeah, so it's just kind of trying to figure out like what can I do to motivate you, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. How, how do you go about motivating people for conservation besides posting amazing photos for everyone to like? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Like social media is, um, yeah, definitely one, uh, one aspect, you know, like just science communication and, um, that's like a whole nother area of, of what we do, but we don't really do that side of it. Um, but as far as like getting communities involved, it's so much work. It's, you know, it's a lot of like community outreach. It's a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings. Mostly it's like really just like having meetings, building trust with this person and trying to figure out what their concerns are and trying to work with their concerns and, you know, how can we use this land, use your private land in a way that's going to benefit you and the wildlife. Um, and so it's really just a lot of like, um, just one-on-one -on -one discussions and like, you know, ensuring them that like, you know, we can continue, like, you know, this could work. Um, so that's really like, really, it's a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of it. The Chris's, unsullied by sponsorships <laughs> since 2020. Amanda, uh, with all the great work that you're doing, you have a lot of fans here in the comments. A photo DWB uh, says, Amanda's such a great science communicator. She's encouraged me to be a bird and nature watcher on my walks in Dallas. Big fan of her work. Oh, thank you. Um, a Dan Patrick. Uh, Dan Patrick. Oh, Dan Patrick's watching. Dan, uh, yes. Said that Amanda and her team helps everyone. Dan, we have another, hey. An, we have another Dan the Turtle Man, uh, same name, probably different person. Uh, he did a report on irradiated tortoises working with the community uh, is the most important thing. TSA does it well. Uh, supplemental uh, income for the rent. Poaching is number one. Yeah. What, what, is, what is TSA? Do you, is it like the security at the airport? <laughs> no. So TSA is Turtle Survival Alliance. So it's an organi oh. organization that works with like turtles globally. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool organization. Interesting. And is uh, Splinter, does he head up uh, that uh, turtle organization as well? Who? Splinter. Mas from, Master Splinter? Master Splinter, uh, yes. Turtles in a Half Shell. Turtle, turtle power. power, yes. Turtle Power. Splinter? Uh, uh, Splinter is, uh, he, he, he oversees uh, Michelangelo, Donatello, Donatello <laughs> yeah. Leonardo, and uh, oh forget the Red. Raphael. Raphael, yes. Uh, yeah, that's him. Speak, uh, speaking of leaders and leadership, um, you said that you're excited for the 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 new administration coming in. Can you tell us why you're excited and what you're looking forward to, and if maybe you've got any role um, in in helping with that? Has what was the last part? Sorry. 
Well, Ryan, it has in the notes that you might have worked with the campaign to help with uh, environmental uh, regulations and laws that may be implemented in the future. I, I'm sorry, like I'm not picking up what you're saying. Can you repeat? Can you I'm going to translate for him because sometimes his <laughs> questions aren't direct. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. campaign, environmental, discuss. Discuss. So, okay, Biden's campaign. Um, yeah. yeah, so huge 180, right? I mean, Trump had removed a lot of these regulations. He removed over 100. He removed us from the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, yeah, it, complete 180. Like, I mean, Biden's talking about getting us right back on um, as soon as he becomes president in, on the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, yeah, I mean, just so many regulations were were taken away, and it was it was like the last four years have been very scary uh, as far as like environment and social justice go. Um, I think it's been a complete disaster, and I think that now with the new administration, um, I don't think that we can just. Uh, I don't think that we can. I think we're gonna have to stay on them. I think that we're gonna have to you know, make sure that they're doing their job. And, but I think it's gonna be a lot easier now than, than it was before. So yeah, I complete 180 for sure. But also I think we need to keep fighting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I can tell I guess, you like details guess... of. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead with your details. We like details. I don't know. I was just saying, I don't know if I can go into like details of like, of specific. If you, if you Sworn to secrecy, as oh. they say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess all right. We signed, you, but we all signed, you had, Ryan had you sign the NDA before. Mm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. No one's really watching. <laughs> I guess like, what can we do uh, individually to, uh, to help? Um, so I think it's going to be really important to um, just learn about what's going on and stay involved. And so um, I think voting, like just like we have these Georgia votes coming up. Like I am going to like I'm not in Georgia, but I'm definitely going to try and like be as involved as I can and try and get people pumped about voting, you know, in Georgia. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I think just staying involved and getting people excited about these things. Like, yeah, I think that's like the number one thing that you can do. There you go. Vote. Talk that's about it. Talk democracy about democracy at Post work. It on social media, talk to your friends, talk to your family. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, I think like keeping it, you know, on the forefront and, you know, making people just aware and yeah, I think that's, I think that's, the number one thing that we can all be doing right now. There you go. Huh. Um, and Amanda, as we uh, get closer to the end of the year somehow, I'm not really sure how that happened. 2020 uh, just flew by. Um, is there anything yeah. you're excited to be working on uh, towards the end of this year or into 2021? Yeah. Yeah. So we have this really exciting project coming up um, for work at Wild Landscapes. Uh, we're going to be working in the Everglades and um, 
We are, it's actually like outside of the, Ever it's kind of a portion of the Everglades, but it's not Everglades National Park. It's Big Cypress and the Florida Panther National Wildlife Refuge. So it's a really important part of um, just the Everglades, like the watershed in Florida. And it's like, you know, just this area of Florida where millions of Floridians are like relying on this for water. And it's a location that's um, protected, whatever that means, but this is like a, a national park <laughs> or not it's like a, a national wildlife refuge and they you would think that that means that it's protected but it's still open for drilling and so the mineral rights the oil is actually privately owned and so these they can come in and drill this um, colliers can come in and drill and um and that's that like i mean like that could really destroy like the, like not necessarily even just the park but that region and like the water and so and that can you know it's going to have an impact on our coastlines and things like that so we are working to buy those mineral rights and like give them to the park so we're fundraising for that um and so yeah i'm just that's i think that's like the one project that's going to take years but i'm really excited for it it's like i just remember being um you know, just even a couple of years ago, even as a kid, I remember like growing up in the Everglades kind of like, you know, we always went there for like our family vacations. And I remember hearing about like how it was in danger of being drilled for oil. And it was like this big uproar in Florida, like pretty recently. And um, I was just like, how can people drill? And like, this is protected land. And so I didn't really understand any of it. And so I've just been like learning so much with my current position. And um, now it's kind of exciting to, for me to be like, you know, just sort of at this, like, on the front lines of, like, protecting this park and, like, you know, kind of pushing that forward and, you know, preventing oil drilling permanently there. So I'm really excited. That's probably, like, we've got a lot of really cool projects, but that's, like, one that I'm most excited about. Right on. Yeah. So. Sounds exciting. We're, yeah. we're excited for you. Uh, Amanda Hibbs at Biophilly Amanda on Instagram. Uh, I could speak for the both, both of us, but I say you're the uh, our favorite biologist we've ever had on the program. Oh, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Am I your only biologist? <laughs> you know what? We're gonna have to well, check the records. To, I think we have to get going, <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get going. It's uh, you know, it's <laughs> we're 178 episodes deep. Uh, I, I don't know, we'll have to check the records, but uh, we like, yeah, uh, possibly. Uh, but we'd like to thank you, Amanda, for joining Quarantine to Christmas today. Thank you. Uh, we'll be supporting your work uh, throughout the quarantine and beyond. <laughs> and we hope to one day get to hang out with you, your tortoise, um, and all the wonderful Spider. wildlife that'll be uh, in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. Maybe spider. Heck yeah, and hit me up if you're in Florida. Will do. Sounds good. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, that was Amanda Hips at Biophili, Philly, Philly, Biophili, Amanda, mm -hmm. uh, which I keep mispronouncing. Uh, she does wonderful things in the world of biology and down there in Florida, Africa, Alaska, and beyond, which we even touch on. Uh, check her bio out and help support our community cause as well, Wild Landscapes International. Yes, go support Wild Landscapes International and all the great work they're doing up in Alaska and New Hampshire now, Chris. They've been working with some bird or bears out there. Oh, the Sunshine State. Yes, the other Sunshine State. Oh, great. Yes. 
Uh, we're quarantined to Chris. We do this every day that ends. And why? Does not start with S. Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You look so cozy. Well, so do you, Lounge wow. Tony. Thanks, Chris. Uh, you know why he looks so cozy? Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Chris. Who's that today? Our sponsor today is Comfy. This little comfy onesie can be yours. Go online. Purchase it. I don't Where'd you get it? Uh, <laughs> Amazon.com. Uh, as my hair looks incredible these days, it's wow. a story back since we shaved it. Uh, but uh, go to uh, the blanket you can wear, the Comfy. The Comfy, yes. yes. Thanks yes. for getting comfy with us today. For This our, this is our first uh, night shift, Chris. This is our first night shift, the first time the lights have been turned out. Ryan apparently can't get the sun to work as daylight saving times, Halloween, and the election have all happened since we've been off the air. Wow, that's a long uh, time away, Chris. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to, step to, step to, wiggy wiggy. Uh, tomorrow will be a special edition of the program uh, with a artist, uh, we have, world renowned. We do have a world renowned artist. Uh, tune in to find out who it is. Um, a question for you. Uh, as, a, as an elk or a moose, uh, do you want to step with your front feet or your back feet? Back. Back feet. All right. That's settled. We'll be back tomorrow. You've got a night to fight, so I'll take the night shift. And I'll never see you again if I can. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Quarantining with the Chris's. Please support our GoFundMe benefiting Okaizu. Children's Cancer Camp. Search No Hair for Care on GoFundMe.com for more information. Connect with the Chris's on our website, QWTChris's.com, and on Instagram, YouTube, the Facebook, Twitch, TikTok, and even Twitter at QWTChris's. Catch us live across all social media every day that ends in Y, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Ryan, end the show.